Okay, we are in Sefer Yeshayahu, Perek Mem Ches, Pasuk Aleph, Shimu Zos Beis Yaakov. And like many Nebuos, there is a difference of opinion as to which era Perek Mem Ches is directed to. There is no doubt, once we get into the text, that it is a very deep critique and excoriation of B'nai Yisrael. We're just not sure which era of B'nai Yisrael. And Rav Schwab and other Mephoshim provide their theory that this is a very specific um, community in B'nai Yisrael, those that are in Bavel, in the 18-year period from the time, as we've learned, Koresh says, go back to Eretz Yisrael. And from the time the Beis Hamikdash is finally completed, as we're going to see, there were difficulties. And this is the generation that it is directed to. And bear in mind, and we will discuss it, within those 14 years that construction was halted, is the era of Ahasuerosh and the events that we learn in the Megillah. And it is no coincidence. So we begin with the concept that we learned Koresh, who now is the king of the known world, has declared after defeating Nebuchadnezzar and Bavel, there is no more Nebuchadnezzar and Bavel, declares that he has been visited in a vision by the Kaddish Baruch Hu, who told him to send back B'nai Yisrael, let them rebuild the temple. And this is an incredible, miraculous message. Remember, Koresh is from a pagan nation with a long pagan history, and he is saying, go back, I will supply the, the craftsmen, I will supply the materials, I will finance this. I have been commanded to tell you, you are free to go back to build Bias Shani. And of course, this has seismic effects on the rest of the world that Koresh govern. They want to know who is this nation, who is this God. It's a tremendous um, Kiddush Hashem that suddenly all the nations in the world are attracted to it. But, and it's a very big but, B'nai Yisrael does not rise to the occasion. To say they are lukewarm in their response would be an understatement. They do not wish to go back. It's as simple as that. In the end, 43,000 go back, 7,000 of them Rabadim, few Kohanim, no Levim. It's, it's a tremendously difficult project. And what's more, it is disastrous in its effect because, one, it's a tremendous, as we're going to see, the Kodesh Baruch regards it as a chilu Hashem, that they're just not taking this opportunity. Two, it is intended, if they all went back as invited to, they will do nothing less than bring the Mashiach because this will be the ultimate Geula. Zerubbabel, who is 
um, one of the leaders back is also a direct descendant of the Davidic dynasty. The Meforshim say he is now slated to be Mashiach, and it collapses because of the indifference of B'nai Yisrael going back. Now, they go back this few in number, they build for about two years, and then suddenly a very uh, instigative conspiratorial group in the court of King Koresh speaks against the project, claiming that it is just a prelude to rebellion against Koresh. They're going to use this building of the base Hamikdash as an excuse. Get the court of Koresh to issue an injunction against this project. For 14 years, there is no building. In those 14 years, Ahasuerus comes, and Ahasuerus is the son of Koresh. He comes, and through the Megillah, as we know, Haman's machinations, comes up with a plan to destroy the Jews. Kill the entire Jewish population of the giant Parasumadai, 127 separate nations, in one day. So B'nai Israel has gone from exaltation and glory and being the toast of the known world in terms of respect and, and veneration to a day of total annihilation. It's incredible. And it's, as we know, no accident. We also know that. Purim is a period of Hester Panim, where the Kaddish Baruch Hu is hidden from them, hidden from his people. That's why there is no mention of the Kaddish Baruch Hu in the Megillah, and that the salvation of B'nai Yisrael is what we call a Nes Nishtar. We don't see the hand of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, yet we know it is the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and if you read the Megillah, it looks like it could be a very rational scenario. A king of Persia decides he wants a new wife, picks a Jewish woman who is in Persia, who does not disclose her identity of her religion. There is an evil courtier that instigates the king to kill the Jews. She comes at the right time, announces herself as Jewish, and this man is killing her people. Ahasuerus stops the plot, killing Haman. Sounds logical. Doesn't have to be divine miracles. And yet we know, of course, it is. And then immediately after this, the son of Ahasuerus, Daryavesh, permits the Jews to go back, permits the Jews to resume the temple, and four years later, the temple is completed. Yet we see the Kaddish Baruch Hu is Kaviyocho, furious at the inability or the refusal or the lackadaisical nature of B'nai Yisrael to seize on the opportunity Koresh gave them. And now this prophecy is directed against them before the incidents of Purim occur. So let's pick it up. Pasuk Aleph, Shimuzos Beis Yaakov, Hanikrim B'Shem Yisrael, Umimei Yehuda Yotzu, Hanishba'im B'Shem Hashem Ubelokei Yisrael Yaskiru Loba Emes Veloba Listen, Beis Yaakov. Beis Yaakov, we have learned, is a term of lesser 
respect for the people of Israel in Golis, Hanikraim B'Shem Israel, who are called the people of Israel, that is a higher level, Umimei Yehuda, and from the waters of Judea, which gives us the clue that this would be Paras and Madai, because the Jews of Yehuda are dwelling there in the Babylonian exile. Yotzu Hanishboim B'Shem Hashem Uvalehe Yisrael Yaskiru. And these people are very God-fearing and religious and observant on the outside. They swear B'Shem Hashem, they say Baruch Hashem, Emirza Hashem, they sound very pious. All this reverence and outward religious observance is a fraud, says the Navi. The Radak puts it a different way. He says, Their reverence to God is verbal. It's oral with their mouth, not with their hearts. They are faking it. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu is not fooled by it. Continues the Navi, Kimeir HaKodesh Nikro, they are called for the city of Ir HaKodesh, Jerusalem. They pledge total fealty to Jerusalem. The Alalokei Yisrael Nismachu, and on the God of Israel, they have total reliance, or so they say they do, but they don't mean it. Um, Hashem Tzvo they call in his name, they make all the right sounds and all the verbal declarations, but it is a total fraud. Continues the Navi Pasuk Gimel, Harishono Me'ez Higadeti, that I told you long ago, Harishono, from the beginning, I told you long ago of what I was going to do. And it all came true, whether it's the downfall of Sancheriv, the rise of Bavel, the conquest of Yerushalayim, the exile of, of, of Bavel, the end of the exile of Bavel after 70 years, Koresh's declaration. Um, I've given them. I have told it all. I've prophesied it all. And it's all come true. Now, Ashmiyim Pisam Osisi the Tabona. I made them hear it. Suddenly, Pesoma Sisi, I did it. It happened. It happened just the way I said, and it does not hurt to say again, this is at least 160 years ago, this Navua, before the events described in it, and as we see, the names are there, the incidents that the events are there. Continues the Navi, Midati ki kosha atar begid barzel erpacha umotzachacha nechusha. By my knowledge, I know that you are, from my personal experience, you are hard. You're an am kishe oref, as Moshe is told by the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Stiff necked, begid barzel, sinews of, of, of iron. Uh, your brow is copper. In other words, Golis has not softened you. You are unwilling to accept the yoke of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and you are just unashamed of your deeds and what you have done. Continues. The Agid Lacha Me'oz B'Terem Tavo 
Hishmaticha. And I purposely tell you before it happens, lest you say, It is my Avodazara, it is my idols that made this happen or that did this or commanded them. And that's a very interesting reference because it is more than implying that the Jews in Bavel, some of them, had to be practicing Avodah Zarah. We see that after the return, there is virtually no Avodah Zarah. But at the time, there were pockets, obviously, of Avodah Zarah. And so what I am doing now is I'm going to tell you before it happens, and what he's referring to is the end of Golos Bavel. And moreover, Shamati Chazei Kulam Ata Halo Tagidu, Hishmaticha Chadoshos Me Ata Venutsoros Lo Yedatem. In other words, this is for you, people of Bavel, who will be living in a dramatic reversal of fortune, specifically the Purim threat of annihilation. Says, uh, the Kaddish Baruch Shamata, you have heard Chazei Kulam, you've heard all the prior prophecies and you, you can testify to it. You've seen it happen, you've seen it come to reality. Now, I am letting you know new things are coming, new events the low yidatim, you don't know about them. Ata nivru, the low may oz velifne yom, the low shamatim, pentoma hine yidatim. They are going to come suddenly. The new developments, they are created now and not from then. It is brand new. The low yom lo shmaticha, you did not hear about them. Even from a day before, you did not get advance notice. So suddenly is this turn of events in Purim and Achashverosh. Pen tomar hineyidaticha. Purposely, you will not know, so you can't say, oh, I knew about that. You know, this is to be a total surprise on B'nai Yisrael. And now you're going to see the total deterioration of events from a, a life of luxury in, in Gullus in Bavel to the permission to go back and begin a new golden age in Yerushalayim, a sudden 180-degree reversal of fortune. Gam lo shamata, gam lo yodata, gam me oz. You neither heard your knew about it, your ear wasn't attuned to it. Why? Because I knew your dati bagod tifgod. I knew you would be unfaithful to me. And you will be called a sinner from the womb. From the beginning of this thing, you had the opportunity to bring Meshichas, to create a new base Hamikdash, and you willingly refuse. You are traitors to me, you are unfaithful, and um, you are sinful from the beginning. Says the Kaddish Baruch Hu, in terms of his own 
embarrassment, Kaviyochol, how B'nai Yisrael rejected this, rejected Meshichus, rejected the bias Shani, because they were happy in Bavel. Laman Shmi Arichapi. However, for the sake of my name, I will uh, temper my anger. The failure for you to understand the potential of Geula is a tremendous embarrassment to me. But I will not, in honor of my name, allow myself with such anger. Um, that I will stifle my anger and I will save you from this uh, because of simply my cover. It's like Halel says, Lo lanu ki lamancha. Kaddish Baruch Hu is doing this for himself to avoid what he feels is a terrible chilash, chilu Hashem. And as he says, Laman Shmi, for my name, Arichapi, I am going to conquer my anger. He ticha, and then I am going to mold you in an entire different way. So we see that the Kaddish Baruch Hu is warning them what is to happen through Yeshayahu, and again, it's a good 160 years before Purim, warning them the terrible threat of annihilation. He will save them just for his name. And then we're going to see the whole nature, the Navi speaks of Jewish suffering in the exile, in the Bnei Israel. Why is it there? Why does it continue? 8.45 a.m., our next shear, Wednesday after Sukkot, Wednesday of Chalamod, Adkan.